Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. Are you ready? Welcome to TWR Reaction with Matthew Thomas and the man they call Meathead. And be part of the show by calling 877-317-9772. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to PWR Reaction. It's Sunday night, December 17th, 2017, along with Matthew Thomas, the man they call Meathead. We are reacting to WWE's Clash of Champions. Matthew, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing lovely on this uh, this pay-per-view Sunday in December, last it's pay-per-view frigid. 2017. How's your yeah, weather in Denver? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually turned cooler. It's been unseasonably warm most uh, November and so December. Do you have any snow cover? It's, it's actually... No, no. I, we had a little dusting this week. Really? Outside of a outside of a snow that we got on Columbus Day, we really haven't had any snow to talk about this year. Very, very strange. That's funny. I wonder if it's all the pot smoke stopping the snow from getting to the ground. Some pot smoke uh, induced global warming, perhaps. You think we're perhaps. we're actually changing? We, we could we could possibly be changing the atmosphere. You're changing the climate, and the climate is now talking about WWE Class of Champions. We're taking some live phone calls tonight. The number is 347-996-5278 or toll-free at 877-317-9772. Matthew, before we get into it, are you ready to take calls? We have not taken calls in uh, about a minute. Uh, it's been a minute since we've taken some calls. We've been doing the Nitro reactions. We've been doing the um, PWR primetime with Damian and Dave and all the other boys over on Wednesday nights. It's been a minute since we've done some phone calls. And we're unable to do that on our uh, on our reaction on our Nitro reaction show because, uh, like most people know, you and I are going back in time, and it just completely destroys the whole space time continuum if we were to try to take telephone calls on a show that actually took place 20 years ago. Oddly enough, though, Lee Marshall tells us every week while we're watching the program we could use one eight hundred collect. That's because he's got the special fancy time machine. That's right. It's great. Tonight, TD Garden in Boston, Mass, says Renee Young welcomed us to the WWE Clash of Champions kickoff pre-show. <coughs> Who is Sam Roberts? Sam, I am green eggs and ham. Uh, what is the deal with his hair? He's got some fancy hair. I'm not overly familiar with him. I think he's got a, a podcast that, that he does, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I can't say that I... I listen to it, but I, I think he's I think he's uh, some of our podcast brethren, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, so we're related. Uh, maybe from uh, <laughs> in, in a down way. the street. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's okay. I just um, – the hair, it threw me off all night. And it's he knows he's doing it because if you look, the sides are shaved, so it's intentional. Just, um, okay, hey, welcome Sam Roberts. You know, instead of talking about his hair, let's talk about his talents. Uh, I thought he was um, – 
I could definitely get into what he was saying on the area. I thought he was presented well. Your thoughts on Sam Roberts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's I've seen him a few times. He's he seems to be he seems to be pretty insightful and uh, pr- uh, pretty smart. I mean, it, from what I understand, he's uh, a pretty avid uh, wrestling connoisseur, if you will, and, and I, I think he's a nice addition. Good. All right. Let's talk about uh, the pre-show match: Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder. That seriously building feud that we've had for months and months came to a head tonight on the pre-show. Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder. Matthew, any thoughts on this match? Because honestly, um, what are where are we going here? Mojo Riley having won one of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals and then having done absolutely nothing after. Where does this take him? I, I don't know. Where does he go after Ryder? That's the question. And, I mean, that's okay. That makes sense. They're breaking up. But then what do you oh, – I honestly – I hate to say this, and it probably doesn't work because they're both heels, but I, I can see him and, and Baron Corbin kind of falling in the same uh, – kind of in the same feud, kind of in the same ballpark on the, the same spot in the car. Hmm. And that's too bad. Um Baron Corbin was looking pretty solid and walking around as the United States champion. And let's get to the beginning of the show. Triple threat for the U.S. title. Bobby Roode, absolutely glorious, taking on Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. And Matthew, your winner of the match and new United States champion, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is the champion. Thoughts? I really like this match. I thought it was a really good way to open probably match of the night. And uh, just some really good talents. I think that, you know, Ziggler and Rude kind of created the motion. Corbin a little bit bigger. He was that big guy in there, and it lent itself to a really good match. I think they went the right right way with the Ziggler uh, victory here. Listen, SmackDown is, I personally think, pretty stale at this point. Uh, it feels like you're, even though you've got, Guys with all the talent in the world on that brand, it feels like you are lacking star power from week to week. And I, I think they really needed to mix up something here with the United States title. I think Baron Corbin is a really solid talent. I don't think he's been presented that well. I think that the cat, the fail cash in on the money in the bank because you are so conditioned to people cashing in when somebody cashes in and doesn't win – it makes them kind of seem like a loser, and that's something they've consistently – they haven't just let you forget about it. They consistently put that on Corbin week after week as opposed to moving along. They keep reminding you that this guy cashed in and lost. Uh, that being said, I think the Corbin United States title win at the time when it happened was smart because he's somebody who needed a little bit of a prop to right. get back some momentum. Corbin – I think has been the best homegrown talent that NXT has produced. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the guys that have done indie work prior. Corbin basically You're talking about guys that hadn't had wrestling background before. Right. Right. Corbin was built in the NXT factory and I mean seeing him fairly early on in NXT, my impression was this guy this guy has he gets it. Getting it and being over are not the same thing. I don't think Corbin has been necessarily packaged that great. He's still green. I mean, he's still relatively young. I think there's there's tremendous potential there 
for Corbin, he seems to naturally understand the role of being a heel. I think his in-ring work is pretty solid. He's got he's got room to grow, of course, but I think I think the talent is there. I think Corbin, unfortunately, if he is not presented in the correct capacity and the fans aren't given a reason to care, um, he's just going to kind of fall. He has the potential to kind of fall through the cracks. Uh, I don't really like the whole lone wolf gimmick and wrestling with this picture of a wolf. I just think that that's a little bit of a – that that just doesn't resonate well with me for some reason. I think the guy's got a ton of talent. I'm concerned that he's not going to be presented in the right capacity. Now let me move on to Ziggler. This is a big deal for Ziggler, I feel, because we've been talking on this program many years now, it feels like, where there's wondering if we were at a point where you could even do anything to salvage Dolph Ziggler's career. I think SmackDown over the last over the summer basically and you know into the fall they've done a really good job of okay, I'm the guy busting my ass week in and week out coming to the ring with no music now. I think the repackaging of Dolph Ziggler has worked really well. So I'm very optimistic about this title run because we haven't seen this incarnation of Dolph Ziggler with any type of title. So they've hit the reset button on Ziggler. They've given him the title as of tonight. I'm hoping this is kind of us course correcting all the way back from 2012 when he had that world title, and then things just kind of went sideways after that. Yeah, and you know, the thing with Dolph Ziggler is they've told us over and over how much this guy has just, not a loser, but has been losing. We've heard, you know, the internet uh, wrestling community has consistently heard the tor- the stories and the tales and the um, how Dolph is leaving, how his contract's going to expire, how he's going to go off and do his stand-up comedy role, how he's going to go off and do commercials and movies. And Dolph just doesn't want to be here. He's unhappy. He's not satisfied with the way things are going. So they really rebuilt him over the summer. This does seem, even though Dolph Ziggler, a two-time world champion, him winning this belt does seem like an important deal. Because, look, hey, I earned my spot here. I've been busting my hump, and now this is what I have to show for it. Fantastic match. Go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with your statement, giving you a big old thumbs up. As long as the thumbs up isn't going up the wrong way. Fatal four-way for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Rusev and Aiden English, The New Day, Benjamin and Gable, and The Usos, the champs, going in. Matthew, you had some thoughts pre-show to me about Aiden English and Rusev. The crowd, I mean, is this really where they're going? Or is it just TD Waterhouse in Boston? Over the last couple of weeks, there seems to have been more and more favorable responses to uh, the Rusev Day song and the 12 Days of Rusev. And we've got a Rusev, or it's Rusev Day shirt now. So here's the thing. These guys are quote-unquote supposed to be heels, but really they haven't done much heelish as of late. And you've got a guy out there with a heck of a voice singing his song about Rusev while Rusev is uh, just standing there grinning. And here's the thing. They're not trying to combat the pops they get. And I actually like this. When the heel starts to uh, get embraced by the fans, and that's one thing that's always bothered me about professional wrestling. In storyline context, a lot of these heels have these eggshell egos that want this adulation. And so 
the formula in the past has been when a heel starts to get over, you know, a cheap pop about the local sports team or something. Rusev and English are not. They are embracing the fans' reaction to Rusev Day, and it seems like it's growing week after week after week. And tonight, I mean, it was a 95% positive response to the uh, the rendition of the 12 Days of Rusev. And when he told the crowd that he was going to go into an encore, which ended up being, you know, the 13 Days of Rusev, the pop, you would have thought the rock came back. The pop was so strong. So I think it's getting over. It's probably going to be another example of, okay, these guys are – I think, honestly, you know what it reminds me of on a little bit of a lesser scale, kind of the gradual progression of the New Day where they were really, really cool heels that were over with the fans, and the fans started to you know, enjoy their song and dance, and that's kind of what we're getting here. And I'm just – I'm amazed that it has worked like it has because it just seems like such a – even by professional wrestling standards, such an odd concept. You've got this one guy uh, singing his song about his tag team partner, who is Rusev, of all people, the guy who was booked as a monster several years ago. He came into WrestleMania on a freaking tank. Now he's just bathing in the audience applause of uh, the Rusev Day song. I really liked it. I'm enjoying this tag team. And honestly, this whole match right here, it really – you forget sometimes – over the course of, of weeks after watching SmackDown, how it's a pretty deep tag division, and uh, I overall enjoyed everybody in this match. Let me ask you this, though. Isn't Rusev, even though this is, honestly, it seems like just a middle ground between Aiden English and Rusev, isn't Rusev eventually going to go back to being Mashka? and then just destroying people. I mean, because Rusev is very fragile. You know, if you talk about yeah. having babies and having children in front of other people, Rusev gets all upset. And, yes, I did just pull that from Total Divas Live. I don't watch the show. It was a clip that was floating around on a commercial. But uh, Rusev doesn't want to hear any talk about having babies with Lana in front of others. Yeah, I think, you know, in Rusev, here's the thing. Other less versatile people, I may look at this and say they're ruining somebody that was a, a monster, but he seems to – this comedy stuff, he seems to be doing okay with it and not really in style or anything other than uh, the fact that it seems like an appropriate uh, example to make. I mean Ankle was one of those guys that – could do comedy with the best of them, but he still kept that credibility. And I think Rusev may be of the same uh, vein in the fact that, okay, this is a guy, this angle on paper might seem like it's absolutely destroying him, and they are out of things to do with this monster. But I think that when he does make that transition, he's going to be okay, and I think he can probably come back to this at some point. Rusev, in this role, surprisingly, is, is coming across very versatile. Because they have ruined so many other big guys that were meant to be big guys. I mean, we can go right back to Vladimir Kozlov. We can go back mm-hmm. to wasn't Brodus Clay supposed to be just a beast? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just guys that were supposed to. I mean, Big Show, while still respectable because the Big Show is well, the Big Show, he kept doing comedy over and over. And really, Big Show, all the Big Show was doing, it's not because of Big Show, you know, not having what it takes. I mean. Big Show was just doing whatever the company asked him to do. I mean, how many times has he flipped back and forth? He brought it up when he was doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast uh, when he jumped on, and uh, he literally came from the main event segment 
said somebody threw a stat at him that he had flipped to like 20 times in the last 10 years or something like that, where he's flipping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he's just doing what the company asks. Let's talk about the next yeah, and match. Honestly, Lumberjack. Yeah, just, just real yeah. quick, real quick, probably one of the best examples that got left out of that conversation, but maybe one of the best examples of all time is Kane, somebody who can yeah. continually go back and forth and be treated as this serious monster and then can be you know, in comedy spots and still maintain his integrity. There you go. All right, Lumberjack match for the SmackDown Women's title. Natalia taking on Charlotte Flair. Now, the Riot Squad's Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. Uh, you've also got Carmella, Tamina, Snuka, and Lana. And you've got uh, Natalia and SmackDown cha- champion Charlotte Flair. Matthew, did this seem like a bit of a cluster of a match to you? Uh, the winner and uh, champion Charlotte Flair, but did this match with the Lumberjacks outside, did it seem like a bit of a cluster? I strongly dislike lumberjack matches in general, so I was pretty much done from the start of this match. I, I've never tried to scan my brain as far as a lumberjack match that I liked and thought was a great match. I, I there's not one there because to me there's always so much distraction. There's very little that can be gained from a lumberjack match, and just the visual aesthetic when you've got the match surround people surrounding the ring. It's very very distracting. So. I I was pretty much out from the start once I heard Lumberjacks. Fair enough. And then Natalia right after says, you know, that the WWE Universe has ignored her and treated her with disrespect for the last 10 years because she carried the women's division. And now Natalia is turning her back on the universe. Next. Brazongo taking on the Bludgeon Brothers. Yep. Rowan and Harper. Bludgeon Brothers. Brazongo. Matthew, any thoughts at all? No, this was basically a, a squash match from this from it being on the card, so you kind of knew what was going to happen here. I don't know if this latest incarnation of the other two in the Wyatt family, I, I, I don't know what's if it's going to work. I mean, I just feel like we've done this so many times. They've feuded against each other. They've been singles. They've, they've don't forget back up. Eric Rowan is a member of Mensa. Mm-hmm. He's very good at solving Rubik's Cubes as well, from what I remember. Yes, but that is the uh, continuum transfunctioner. Remember what happens when yeah. you finally solve the Rubik's Cube. That's true. You that end is, up finding a big, giant, true. you know, 40-foot woman with bunnies on her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that was just yes, on TV a couple days ago. <laughs> Dude, sweet! Anyway. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking about it. We are hot chicks. We are here to pleasure you. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage for the interview, just as confident about keeping their jobs as before. Now Owens says that the Sami and Kevin show will not be canceled tonight, mentioning how Daniel Bryan is there to make sure things are fair. Hmm. Do you like the presentation of what they're doing with Daniel Bryan, seemingly siding with Owens and Zayn? I think it's got potential. The last month of SmackDowns have been a bit repetitive to me. Um, man, I, I, I don't know. I it, it's the end game. It, the potential is there for the end game, but man, it's it's been a little bit of a tedious process getting there. Okay. Well, they're in a tag team match against Nakamura and Randy Orton. Both referees there. A little back and forth. I mean, Corey Graves yelling the whole time about how this is a cluster. 
You know, who's yeah. going to call for the pinfall? Who's going to? They're both ringing for the bell at the same time. Corey, shut up. We get it. There's an understated way to say it, and you over the top screaming about it wasn't helping anybody. Basically, what ends up happening is Shane McMahon goes for the one, the two, and then uh, my my arm won't go down anymore. Shane McMahon shenanigans. <coughs> there ends up being a pinfall uh, after a failed RKO for Sami Zayn. Brian with a very rapid one, two, three. Where do we go from here? You put you're going. I mean, you certainly got a conflict between those two. Let me ask you this: Do they feel comfortable enough? With Daniel Bryan in ring to have some type of match against Shane, yeah, I, it seems to be the only thing that makes sense. I, I don't, man, and I just I don't know if that's a good idea because most likely that's all you're gonna get, and I just, man, it, it just doesn't. Do they let somebody it, wrestle it, a proxy for Daniel? Because it was one thing when Shawn McMichaels left, okay? Because, you know, Shawn McMichaels, uh, am I saying Shawn Michaels? I'm saying McMichaels. Saying, I am so stuck in 1997. Shawn, 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 Shawn McMichaels. <laughs> yeah. Shawn Michaels, um, when he left and he was injured, I mean, the guy was beat up. He had been carrying the ball for the company. I mean, there's certain guys that may be champion, and then there's certain guys that carry the company. Shawn Michaels, not McMichaels. Shawn Michaels had been carrying the company for, what, three, four years on his back, literally, and the guy was broken. He went to heal up, finally came back, and was able to work matches again. Has Daniel Bryan sat on the sideline long enough to have had his body heal? Especially with the rough. Now, Michaels wrestled. He bumped hard, but, I mean, he, he didn't wrestle the hard, bruising style that, say Daniel Bryan does, and Daniel Bryan does a lot of off-the-top rope stuff, and he yeah. led with his head, and he led yeah. with his body. I mean, Michaels did it too, but I don't know, man. The the way, and I think what happened there was actually a Freudian slip. I think you're actually on to something. He is going to have somebody step in and uh, be his proxy, basically, and it's going to be Mongo. Oh, Mongo that's what you're. <laughs> that's what you're getting. You're going to have Mongo and Shane. You didn't even say Freudian. Wrestle- you said Freudian, like a fraud. And Wrestle- <laughs> and WrestleMania. You know, I wonder what Kevin Green's doing now. I can tell you what Kevin Green's doing because we've seen him uh, here within the last three or four years. He just made the Hall of Fame uh, about a year or that's two right, years ago. That's right. uh, and Kevin Green was the linebackers coach for Green Bay. I don't know what team he's with now, but he's been coaching. It looks good. Yeah, no – here, here's the here's the thing with that though. I think if you do get Brian back, it's probably going to be for a one-off. And I know that's what they said with with Michaels uh, at what was it? Him and Triple H at SummerSlam that year, right. or whatever pay per view it was. Yeah, but, the street fight. Yeah, and but I just everything that seems to have come out with Brian is not that encouraging. And I I I think it would be my perception is that probably if they are, it's going to be a one-off. And I think that you're kind of I don't know. I think you might have fans turn on that because the fans that want to see him back in the ring are like, okay, this is the start of something, and they go do business, and then he goes back to his GM role. So I just – I don't think there's a lot of good that can come out of it, to be honest with you. Main event, WWE title match, Jinder Mahal, the modern day <clears throat> Raja, taking on AJ Styles. Matthew, if I would have been asked before this match – 
who I wanted to win, who I thought should win, and who I think would be the best for business, I would have told you it was Jinder Mahal again. Because get AJ Styles to chase him or get someone else to chase him. Well, no Singh brothers. Uh, and then the Singh brothers show up. But your winner and still champion, AJ Styles. Your thoughts? I, this was kind of what I thought was going to happen. I think that gender uh, was genderist champion was kind of like a little summer romance that surprised a lot of people and maybe lasted a little bit longer than they thought it would have. But I think we're done with the gender title reign for a little while, and this to me seemed to be kind of be the punctuation on the end of that uh, sentence. Well, it's not the end of gender because you can't hinder gender, but – Maybe the end of him being champion because I still think yeah. there is absolute uh, money in the bank, no pun intended. Which no, I've I agree. Seen I agree. Jinder Mahal, Cena Mahal yep. at WrestleMania is a money match, absolute money match. Doesn't matter where on the card it is, that is a match that goes on the poster. No, I think I think that he's he's kind of shown what he's what he's made of this summer, and it was a surprise. But here's the thing. Uh, it took a lot of people by surprise, this meteoric rise, but gender after this run, even if he doesn't have a t- even if he doesn't get the title again, his credibility is so much stronger than it was oh, yeah. prior prior to this summer. So much stronger was, than the I mean, B gender. Yeah, yeah. And I mean even even after that it was in this run it was just borderline enhancement talent. So they made a big move that surprised a lot of people, but when the dust settles, people kinda bought it and I think that you have you've made a guy in a much more substantial way that you could have done not hot shotting the belt on. Fair enough. Uh, again, we're going to take some quick calls here. Three four seven nine nine six five two seven eight or toll free eight seven seven three one seven nine seven seven two. Why don't we jump on the phones, Matthew? How about nine one zero? Name and where you're calling from. Uh, Joe from Raleigh. How y'all doing tonight? Hey, Joe from Raleigh. What's going hey, on? Hey, Joe. Hope y'all are well. Uh, I work backwards. I, first of all, I thought AJ Styles being the champion was definitely the right way to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, would, I mean, that's a crazy idea having the best wrestler in the company be the champion of the company. I think Jinder Mahal is the whole, you know, uh, process is over with, and, and it's time to move on. I don't know what direction they'll go into, but the Shane McMahon match should have been the main event in my opinion. I thought it was a perfectly, perfectly well designed match and outcome. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more about the commentary. I mean, it reminded me of Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. It was really getting between Saxon and Corey. It was really getting over the top, in my opinion. Yeah. And Daniel Bryant, you know, Daniel Bryant is a brain injury, and Shawn Michaels was a back injury. So right. I think it's a pure PR move yeah. because he's been cleared by so many doctors, and he's going to wrestle again. It's just whether it's in WWE or not. And I think – there's a, a part of the wrestling community that, that WWE will lose if Daniel Bryan goes out and goes somewhere. I think the Cody Rose and the New Japan thing, you know, while wrestling fans make a big deal of it, it's not a real big deal numbers-wise. But if you lose Daniel Bryan, that's something that could happen. And my final thought, I, Dolph Ziggler, while it might be good for Dolph, I, I think it's at the expense of Bobby Roode. And that's something... I don't want to see Bobby Roode needs to turn heel and be a champion. That that's mm-hmm. where Bobby Roode is at in his career, and maybe chasing AJ Styles. But I don't know how you make the move, you know, for him to be a number one contender or chase him when he loses to Ziggler. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a very strong pay per view, and looking forward 
to January where you have uh, definitely WrestleMania show with the anniversary Raw show and then the Rumble, which is always good. But my question to y'all is, if we know Zig, if we know Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is going to be the main event of WrestleMania, doesn't a SmackDown wrestler have to win the Royal Rumble? It's a good question. Am I right? And it's it's a great question, Matthew. I'm going to start first here. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I know there's been talk, obviously, that there's going to be a women's Royal Rumble, maybe for the first time ever. Um, we had talked about how all the women should have been in the Money in the Bank match obviously because you had just six women fighting for money in the bank and it was the entire division. I would like to see the Royal Rumble turn to 40. The year that Alberto Del Rio won and it was 40, I really like that, all those talents are in there. There are so many talents now that, I mean, could be in that Rumble, are Rumble-worthy. I mean, you got NXT talents that could show up. I mean, they've used that to, you know, have Ty Dillinger show up, even though, you know, he hasn't done much yet, but it was a way to get him in. There's so many, I mean, you want some of the legends to pop up. I think they need to move it to 40, and I wonder if we do go with the SmackDown, <coughs> the SmackDown talent winning the Royal Rumble this year, I wonder if maybe they make the person who, you know, got eliminated last the Raw person. I, maybe to make it a Raw versus SmackDown again at the Royal Rumble, you know, if as hotly contested as Survivor Series was. Matthew, your thoughts? I think the person that wins the Rumble is going to contend for the WWE title, most likely held by AJ at that point. I don't necessarily expect it to be somebody that's currently on uh, the SmackDown roster or on TV each week. I was actually going through the different combinations tonight as who could contend, and I know one rumor that's been laid out is AJ Nakamura, but to be honest with you, as great of a wrestling match as it probably would be, I just feel like Nakamura is treading water at this point, and I don't know if you have the buy-in in that angle, that storyline, that build-up to really excite people, if that really – how that looks on the poster, unless they do a lot of work between now and then with just getting Nakamura over and making people care a little bit more. So I think the winner is going to take on AJ, but I don't know if it's necessarily somebody that's currently uh, in the equation for SmackDown or potentially – you know, maybe maybe a raw person that wins it that wants to go after the WWE title and not the Universal title. Yeah, and there's never been any official announcement that the person has to go after the title on their brand. Joe, thank you for calling in, and great question as always. Uh, let's try seven two zero. Name and where are you calling from? Hey, am I on the line here? Yeah, this is uh, the man they call Meathead. It got Matthew Thomas. What is your name and where are you calling from? My name is Clayton Douglas, and I'm calling from Big Springs, Texas, in Texas. And you, you were right when you said uh, Nakamura about winning the Royal Rumble. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why he is my pick for winning the Royal Rumble. It's because it's already planned to say, well, you got Brock Lesnar. With the title. Well, the raw title. It is. So you know, Vince McMahon, the way that he is, he's got some type of hard-on for <laughs> Roman Reigns for some reason. And you may be a fan of Roman Reigns. That's okay. But, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. And for some reason, he's, he's really big on Reigns. However... 
I believe, because Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for a title. But because of that, he Vince McMahon knows that the the audience and the fans of WWE Universe does not want to see that. So, it, because of that, he's going to have AJ Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania. And that's going to be the biggest or best match that we have seen in years. All right. Well, we appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in again. Oh, wait, uh, Matthew, have, your thoughts on one... that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're, I hit the button uh, one more yeah. time. Okay. okay. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've watched. Okay. Well, you know that, um, you know, the cleaner is about to fight Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. You're talking about Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega. That's right. Okay. That's right, sir. And there are rumors going around that CM Punk is coming to interfere in that match. Mm, okay. And I believe, I, I'm not saying that I believe it 100%, but I would love to see it. I just want to see CM Punk back in the ring, not the octagon, obviously. <laughs> Where the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would like to see it, but I, I guarantee you they have the more than likely the greatest match of all time. Okay. All right. Well, and we I, appreciate um, we got to get hey we got to get moving here. So we appreciate you calling in. We're going to wrap yes, this up sir. in just a second. But Clayton, thank you for calling in again. Appreciate it, uh, Matthew. Let's address those real quick. First off, CM Punk uh, maybe jumping back in to a ring in a wrestling ring. Uh, during the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match, thoughts? I think it's big money and big news wherever it happens. In any organization, Punk coming back to a ring is headline news. I would love to see it and uh, looking forward to it, the, the potential of it to happen. Okay. And then finally, um, I don't see Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble, but I understand Clayton's thought process and I follow it because if most fans don't want to see Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar, which might just happen anyway, give them the opposite and give them something they really want to see, which might have been an AJ Styles and Nakamura match. So I understand the philosophy. I follow it. I just don't know if that's going that way. But great thought, though. Matthew, we're all set for tonight. That's WWE Clash of Champions. So for the man they call Matthew Thomas, hey, I'm the man they call me. Tomorrow night we will be recapping more WCW Monday Night Show. We're in 1997. I believe we're doing, is it Spring Stampede tomorrow night? Spring Stampede. 1997, Spring Stampede. Join us. It's going to be 10, uh, no, 11 Eastern, 10 Central, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So for Matthew, I'm Meathead. So long, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.